Women Taking the Lead, episode 52. I would have stopped thinking small much sooner. Like that, like plain and simple, I would have worked through that self-doubt much sooner and stopped worrying and caring what other people thought. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. This episode is sponsored by Luma Coaching. Want some support to get your dreams off the ground? Go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Jen Hetzing, who has a bachelor's in political science and has a background in social media, brand marketing, working with military families, and nonprofit communications. Jen is the co-founder of the podcast She Percolates. And in the words of she and her co-host Danielle, we believe success is an ever-evolving concept. It is different for everyone. And each iteration is valid and worth celebrating. Our mission is to introduce our audience to interesting and inspiring women who live all different versions of success. We strive to encourage women to live out their own version of success. Amen. Okay, Jen, that's a little intro for everyone. So tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. All right. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Jody. I'm so excited to be on. So a little background for me about me. So I went to college just like every, you know, well, not every, but 18 year old, you know, going to go to college, going to go do big things, applied to all of the colleges as a pre-med microbiology major. I was going to do major things. I was going to be a doctor. I was, I wanted to be an OBGYN and do all of these things. And then the end of my senior year came around, I'd gotten acceptance letters and I was like, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to go to school for eight years. And I just changed my major. I was like, I, that's not for me. I don't think I can do it. Not that I didn't think I could do it. I didn't want to do it is what I I realized. I think a part of me maybe was a little afraid of all of the learning and schooling, but it was really, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be in school for the next eight plus years. I then changed my major four times. Well, three more times. Um, And I think a part of that was, is I... I was, I felt like I needed to be perfect in what I was doing. And so it was like, I didn't, I wouldn't change my major to the thing that I wanted because I was like, I'm not, I'm not perfect in that. I don't have all this knowledge. And and for me, that ended up being political science. And I always steered away from it because I wasn't that super political person. I didn't know everything about it. And I just felt like that's what you needed to do to be a political science major. And so Um, So I feel like that was kind of the beginning for me realizing that I need to do what makes me happy and I need to do what I enjoy and everything will eventually fall into place if I'm working hard and making it happen. So after that, I had corporate job right out of uh, college, power suits, pantyhose and pearls is pretty much what I wore. (laughs) I was like 23 and I, I, I literally had no, how I had no idea how old I was. Because I felt like I was in my 30s or 40s by the way that I dressed and just even I felt like the way that I carried myself. All of our, I worked for a, a large um, financial institution and 
all of our clients thought that I was much older than I was by like 10 years, not by the way that I looked, but I think by the way that I dressed and the way that I acted, because that's what I had to do. And I just not, I was not fulfilled there for a variety of reasons, which we'll definitely get into and further questions. But, um, I was in a long distance relationship with my now husband and we, we got married, I moved and I started a bunch of different careers. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Jen, (laughs) you, you, I think a lot of people listening are going to relate to what you have to say. Cause I think many of us have been in that position where there's all sorts of things like we set out on one path thinking this is what I'm going to do and then realize we need to pivot. Yeah. And then we need to pivot and then we need to pivot. So, you know, I know to some extent you're sitting there going, oh my God, like this, I did it in college. I did it in my career and here I am. But the reality is a lot of us have done that, Yeah. you know, and I think sometimes when people, not that this is true for everyone, but I've seen people stick with programs in college, jobs where they know they're not meant to be doing it, yes. but they can't get their way out of it. So I actually commend you for getting out of some, the things that you knew after testing them weren't for you. And you've definitely had success in your life. You're doing really great right now and you've gained some confidence, but take us back to a time when you were playing small and you may not have been aware of it at the time. Share with us the story and the lessons you've learned. Okay, for sure. So this goes back to this first corporate job where I was wearing the power suits, pantyhose, and pearls. And I, like I said, I was just out of college. I, I think I was 23, 24. I took an extra year for college, um, which I think was at the time in college, I was I thought that was a horrible thing. I was slightly embarrassed. Everyone thought that I was going to graduate in like three years. And then I took five years. And so it was, it was a little hard, but I was glad for that because I wasn't, I was finally ready to, to start this world. I I found this job. They didn't want to hire me right away because they didn't think I had enough experience. So I went and found another job. Uh, Six months later, I, I had a mutual friend that worked there. She contacted me and said, they are going to call you. They want to offer you the position because they haven't been able to find anyone that they think is going to be better than you. And, and so there it is. And so at the time I was like, this is great. This is amazing. This is what I've worked for. I wanted like, like life is going to be fantastic. And I just feel like the entire time I was in this job, I was playing so small. I, I felt like I was too young. I felt like I didn't have a voice. I felt like I wasn't respected. And I just, I was passed over for multiple job opportunities within the company that everyone said I was a shoe in for. And that I, I was doing those jobs that would have been these positions that would have given me, you know, a better title, which I think when you're in the corporate world, that's one of the things you strive for, but even more so it would have given me a pay increase. And so I could have you know, stopped living in these tiny one bedroom places, or I could have stopped living paycheck to paycheck and, and really felt like I was figuring my life out. So I just that every, everything that I did at that job, I think I was playing small, like I didn't speak up, I didn't, um, I didn't value myself there. I didn't think that I was a value because I felt like that's what, how they saw me as this young girl who was just out of college. So how could she know anything? And I remember, um, I think six months after I'd started working there and I was doing, you know, everything that was asked to me going above and beyond. I was, I thought I was just doing the best that I could. And 
one of the gals that I worked with, she wasn't my supervisor, but she was a supervisor. She was like, you know, so-and-so who is the woman that I worked for, who again, wasn't technically my boss, but I worked for her. And she, um, she had told this coworker of mine that like, basically that I needed to be staying later some days. Like if I was going to make it anywhere, like I needed to be staying later. And I was like, but I don't have anything else to do after five o'clock. Like I'm doing it all right now. And I'm like, there's, I'm not pushing anything back. I'm not, you know, I'm not getting, not getting tasks done. And I just, it was kind of just, it was moments like that where I just, I look back at it and I was like, I just wasn't being confident. And I wasn't, I just, I wasn't confident in myself. I wasn't sure of myself and what I was doing. And I think that that probably played out sometimes in my mannerisms there. And I think that that was just, um, that was a huge realization for me as I neared my time at the end of the company, I was really unhappy. Uh, like I said, I had been passed up for a couple of opportunities that I was doing those jobs and, and people said, you know what, we want you in this position. And then they would hire somebody outside of the company. And I just never understood what was going on. I was like, what am I not doing that is, you know, that is preventing me from getting these jobs. And so I think leaving that job was a really pivotal moment for me because I, my outlook on every job I had after that was, is like, I am of value and I am of worth and I have knowledge and things. And when I go to my next jobs, I know how I'm going to present myself to make it very clear in a confident way that like, I'm an, I'm a, good part of this team and and I have value. Mm, I would that's what I was hearing in your story Jen. It sounds like you didn't know how to advocate for yourself. Yeah. And say, "Hey, look at what I'm doing. I'm adding so much value to this company." And I know a lot of people struggle with this where they they don't toot their own horn. They don't let, you know, their bosses or the people above them know like, "Hey, I just did this really great thing." Like they feel like it's bragging or it's out of place yes. and but that's how we let our bosses know what we're up to, what we're doing and how we're adding value. And it, it changes their perception of us. And I know now you've really, you've learned a lot from that time. Cause I see how like, you are really great at promotion. Oh, thank you. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. I see your stuff out there and I love it. The branding is beautiful and the messages are so clear. Like, Hey, this is what we have going on. And here's, you know, and when you make changes or ideas, you're putting them out there. So I definitely can see how you've taken that lesson and, and put it into action in your life oh, today. You. Yeah, no, it's hard. It's hard to promote yourself. It's really hard to to say, look at this amazing job I did, because I, I don't know, you just, it's hard. It really is. Yeah. It takes something. It takes, you know, getting, you know, past that, um, that comfort level. Like there are some things we have to do and not be comfortable at first, Yes, you know, until it gets easier and it feels more like us. But sometimes those first few iterations can feel a little awkward. Yeah. And I think too, sometimes it's hard because a lot of times what you're doing that just feels natural to you. So you don't feel like you're going above and beyond. Right. No, that's exactly it. And a lot of times, you know, I say to my clients, I'm like, and I actually just put out a blog post today about, you know, discovering your superpowers oh. and your superpowers are really like the reason why you need to discover them is because you take them for granted. They're the things that you're so good at that you think everybody else is good at them, yes. but 
they're not. Yeah. No, I think so a big point and and I think when that changed for me when I feel like I really learned how to for lack of better words promote myself was in 2011, I believe it was, my husband and I won an award from a, a military nonprofit and we were the 2000, I believe it was 2011, yeah, that we were the Navy family of the year and a friend had nominated us for all of the volunteer work we had done in the in our military community and in our local community. And I think we went out to DC, we got this award, we we met all these people and it was, and it, it was kind of the light bulb I needed to, to say like, what you're doing is not what people consider normal. And it's okay to be proud of that. And it's okay to share those accomplishments because you are doing things that you're doing big things, even if they feel small to you in your world, like to other people, they're big things. Mm, and that makes perfect sense. Like the the theme of your show where success is defined differently by everybody. Yeah. And it's important to just, you know, define what's success for you and then live it. Yeah. Oh, Jen, we could go yes, on and yes. on forever. Oh. I know you and I both lo love to chat, but just for the sake of time, now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps you took that led to your success. So I would have to say that that kind of all came to um, fruition in 2014, so last year. So I, um, after I left that corporate job, I, my husband's in the military. I moved a few hours north from San Diego, and I I had a couple of different jobs working with military families, and I I loved a, a lot of it. Things changed, but at middle of 2011, we thought we were moving to Japan in six months. And so I was like, I am going to just stop working. We're going to have time together. I'm going to figure out what my next step is. We didn't end up going to Japan. My husband ended up having a much better, amazing job opportunity. But in from middle of 2011 to the end of 2013, I spent a lot of time getting to where I wanted to be in 2014. And so that was the year that it all kind of just came together. I wanted to be working with social media and have my own clients and working with nonprofits. And, and I just, all of that happened. So it was the year I made the most money, which I do talk about on my show is not all that success is. But for me, when I was working in these jobs where I was sometimes taking pay cuts to have these, these careers, 2014 was, my best year ever in terms of the money that I made and doing the things that I had worked hard to get to those goals. And they were, they were happening. And then it was also the year that I realized I'm ready for my next thing. And I have to do those things, even if they scare me that like last year was when Danielle and I figured out what she percolates was going to be. I mean, that was the year I met Danielle. We decided we were going to do this podcast and I was just not going to let like fear and self-doubt pull me back. So I think all of those years of feeling like I didn't know what I was doing and not believing in myself, all of that changed last year for sure. I was like, I have to live this life. Like, I have to do it. I have to be as amazing as I can be. So was it during that um, six month time period where you took like a leave of absence from your career for a little while that you suddenly realized, you know, what you really wanted to be doing? Oh, yes and no. So um I didn't have really, a, I didn't really have full-time work or any work the end of 2011 and all of 2012. We had a lot of transition with my husband's job. We spent three of those months living in a hotel in Florida. We were just all over the place. And so at the time I had a horrible 
now I look back at it, it was a super failed Etsy shop, but that's where I learned my love of social media. And I think that was where I realized that I was going to be an entrepreneur one day. That was like the very beginning of it. And I think I always kind of pushed that off. And I was like, that's not for me. I'm not, I don't know how to run a business. I don't know how to do these things. Like that's scary. I don't want to be a CEO. I don't want to do that. And, but I think that was, so I think, yeah, I think that was probably those 18 months was really when I was like, I, things are going to change and I'm trying all of these things and they're going to, you know, and I can look back now and they led to the next thing, which led to the next thing. Oh, that's awesome. And Jen, what I want everyone to get is there's no one way to lead. We're all different and we're going to lead differently. So how would you describe your leadership style? For me, I, I think that my leadership style is that I lead by encouragement. And so I, I feel like that was something I did not have in that first corporate job. And in a lot, and, and in the jobs that followed that was, I didn't have a lot of encouragement overall, even in my, in the job that I was doing, or just in kind of who I wanted to be as a person in life. And, and just about my, my career development, my professional development, my personal development. And so I really feel like that's what I love to do is I love to encourage women. And I think that if I lead in that way, they're going to follow me because I'm leading them to do what they want to do. I'm leading them to take, to, to look at that goal that scares them and say, I can make that happen. I can do that. Awesome. And what is one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Like we've said in the beginning, I have, I currently have a show called She Percolates with my amazing co-host Danielle, but I am also getting ready to launch a second podcast, which is called Style Files, which is totally a departure from what we talk about on She Percolates, but it does all merge together. Um, I want to encourage women to figure out how to be comfortable in the clothing that they wear and be confident, because I think that that's a huge part of presenting yourself to the world, to getting a job, to, you know, closing a deal. And so I just, I want women to be confident in who they are and what they're wearing and not have to go out and spend $4,000 on some designer look. So <laughs> the power suits, pantyhose yeah. and pearls. <laughs> so just finding what is you are comfortable in and what makes you confident. And I think that that is what's more important than having the latest trends or designer clothes or thinking I need to dress a certain way because I'm at a certain place in my life. But it's all about just you being confident. You know, it's so true. When I see, when I'm out at networking events, there are the people who, you know, they're wearing the brand labels and they look great, right? You know, those, you know, some designer labels, they just know how to yeah. design clothing, especially for women. But then every now and again, I see a woman who is just, you can tell she's wearing her style, right? Her brand, yeah. you know, as we would say in the business world. And she's the one who stands out, not because she looks odd, but because she's just owning it yes. and looks Great. So I'm looking forward to your podcast. I can't wait to hear what that's going to be all about. Oh, thank so you. Thank you. get it going. So, all right, Jen, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice that helps to make you a better leader? So I would say it is surrounding myself with people who believe in me. So I always mm -hmm. think back to that quote um, by, I think, Jim, I think his last name is Roan. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yes. And so for me, it's a little bit, not necessarily people I'm around 
all the time, but also like that I'm in most communication with. So my, my husband, my, you know, co-partner and she percolates crime, Danielle. And then I just have a couple of friends who I am, whether it's on the phone, via text, I'm in communication with them. And those are my people. And they believe in what I do. They encourage me and they push me to, to get outside those comfort zones. So I think that that's really important. Yeah. And that ties back to your leadership style too, which I think came out of your experience in your early corporate career that, you know, when you're not getting that support, when you're not getting the encouragement, you kind of feel like you, you don't know what you're supposed to be doing Yeah, and you constantly feel off track. So it sounds to me like you completely incorporated this in your life to where you're surrounded by people who are all about support and encouragement and you provide that to them and they give that back to you. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, especially if like, I was so young, like I needed that. I really needed people to be helping me cultivate this person that I wanted to become. And I just wasn't getting that. And I, I was, I look back at it and I'm disappointed in all of those leaders that I had. I, I don't even know that I would call them leaders, but yeah. yeah. But you know what? Sometimes it's, it's what we learn from the leaders that we did not admire yes. that helped to shape us to be better leaders. Right. I remember, you know, different bosses I had and I thought I will never do this yes. to other people. And I kept that promise. And the people who I was leading and managing were very appreciative of my style. And, you know, I had a style of, um, you know, taking responsibility, you know, I, you know, if need be, if we were in an emergency, I would dive in and help. And my teams always appreciated that. And because I had bosses before who just wouldn't, yes. it didn't matter how bad the conditions were, they would not, you know, and they would even leave for the day with everyone like struggling to stay above water. Yeah. So, you know, I totally get that. And, that, and you know, everybody wants to be a part of a community that looks like that, but it takes work. It takes setting boundaries and also making sure that you're putting out there what you want to receive back from people. Yes, for sure. For sure. And I think what you said is so true. I always, even when I was in bad situations, I would always remind myself of that. Like I am learning things I don't want to do. Maybe I'm not getting to learn how I should lead, but I'm definitely learning how I don't want to lead. So I'm still learning something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. Now what's running through my head is the, the theme song from the Fats of Fix. Oh life. yes. You, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's there you it. have. But that's sometimes, sometimes that's all you have is you can just look at the bad and say, well, I'm not going to do that. That's yeah, no. And that's a guidepost that can it definitely is. help you on your way. Yeah. All right. All right, Jen, what's one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? So I love the book Lean In by Cheryl Sandberg. And I got to meet Cheryl at a conference in 2013. I met her at Blog Her. I actually have a, this great photo of her where I'm so cheesy, grinning, hugging her. <laughs> like you, you, It's the back of her head. And it's the front of my face. And I just look crazy. I was like, I, I just, I love the book. I think, um, I think for me, the message that I took from there that I think, and I've spoken to other women that have felt this way as well is whatever you're doing, lean in. Like, I think a lot of people, some people I know also felt like it was a little bit of too much of a feminist book. And I don't, I wouldn't consider myself this super amazing feminist woman. I don't think that would be a word that people would use to describe me. But I really took what her book to say was that whatever you want to do, you need to lean in and do it. If you want to stay at home and be a stay at home mom, 
be proud of that. Own that. If you want to go off and start this business, own that. Do it. Be all in. Whatever you are doing, be 100% in and don't be embarrassed about it. Don't be apologetic about what you're doing. And I think there was just, I also think too, just learning, just hearing her her story of how, you know, how she got to where she was. And it wasn't as easy as I think maybe some people think. And just, she shared a lot about her mother and everything. I just think it's such a great book. It is. I read it and I love the theme of personal responsibility yes. in the book. Like if you don't like the way your life is right now, do something about yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Do something. Yeah. I think that was huge for me. And I, I look back and I'm like, I wish I would have done a lot of that sooner. So yeah. <laughs> we'll hold that thought because we're coming. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Great segue. Cause Jen, you know, knowing what you know now, if given a chance to go back and do anything differently, what would you change? I like, it's super simple. Like I would have stopped thinking small much sooner. Like that, like plain and simple, I would have worked through that self-doubt much sooner and stopped worrying and caring what other people thought. I, I think realizing that you're going to fail before you succeed is such a eye-opening and just thought, you know, changing thought to have. And that's really what it is, is I was so afraid of failing and people seeing that. And really you're going to fail. Like there's some stat that says like, you're going to fail like 3.8 times before you have something that's successful or something like that. And so I just, I wish I would have got rid of the self-doubt much sooner and just said, you know what, I'm going to live this life and I'm going to create this path that works for me. And even now it's so hard. A lot of, you know, I have a lot of entrepreneurial friends, but I also have a lot of friends who are doing amazing things in the corporate world. And I sometimes, I feel like I go back and forth, but I have to like squish that self-doubt. Mm, right. Cause it doesn't matter ultimately what you're doing. It's, do you believe in what you're yes, doing? Yes. And I think that's been huge with our podcast. She percolates is we have we get so many comments and emails and each week where women are like, this has helped me to push and go and do this and try this, or this is what I needed to hear. And that is just, that is, I know that I'm making a difference. I know mm. without a doubt, everything that Danielle and I do every week is helping women follow their dreams and like live the lives that they want to live. So Oh, that's so inspiring. Yeah. All right. Keep that up because I want you to share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning to you. Okay. I knew this right away. It's the, um, it's a quote by Zig Ziglar and it's, um, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And so I'm Jody, I think we talked a little bit about this at podcast movement is the whole, like, just start, like for people who like were afraid to get their podcast going, like, just do it. And I think you're not going to ever be great at anything if you don't start it. And that was such a huge, that was kind of the mantra we had in launching She Percolates is we said, we knew we were going to be amateurs. We weren't going to, we weren't going to have the perfect show. We weren't going to have the perfect guests, but we were going to get better and we were going to tell real stories. And so, but we just had to start because the show is never going to get better if we don't start it. And, and so that just, I think overall for everything in my life, I really look at that quote and I'm like, you know what? I have to start. I have to do it or I'm never going to, I'm never going to be able to improve because there's nothing to improve on because I haven't started this thing that scares me. Mm. And I think a lot of people who, who are listening to this episode too, like you and I are either perfectionists or recovering perfectionists. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Totally type A perfectionist. 
yeah. right? But you like when you let that control you, you like there's so many limits on what you can do because things have to be like so great for you to like push the button or start and do something. But it there's so much freedom when you're okay with making mistakes. Like it's okay to make make some mistakes and not be perfect, knowing that you'll learn a lot and you can pivot and make iterations and get better. Yes. And so that that was even after we were okay launching and being amateurs, that really came into effect because I think it was about six, maybe seven weeks after we launched She Percolates this past February, I found out I was pregnant, which was not expected because I've struggled with infertility. So that was that was a total game changer because I had this plan of getting to get to this place of what in my mind was perfection at a certain date. And that was just all thrown out the window. So again, it was one of those like, okay, I have to pivot. Like I have to change and do this and we're going to make it work. So yeah. Yeah. And it totally changed the timeline for you too. Cause you were sharing with me at podcast movement. And before we started recording that you and Danielle have to record all your episodes for the rest of the year in September. Yes. Yeah, we do. Because uh, my little girl is due in November, right around Thanksgiving. And then, and then obviously too, Danielle is going to want some time off at the holidays. And so, yeah, so we are going to spend the next 30 days getting our podcast ready for October through uh, the end of January. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I think that, you know, that's inspiring too, is just, you know, and, you know, kind of this has to get done, right? There isn't a lot of choice or the podcast just won't be released. Not that that would be the end of anything, but I know your commitment to make sure that your guests have that weekly inspiration, you know, even if you can't physically be, you know, a part of what's going on all the time during that period. And you definitely do want to, you know, kind of yeah. Uh, Kate, what's, what's the term for it? Where you're, you're nesting with your yeah. baby, you know, and your husband, cause you know, you'll be, you know, I have the, your, this whole big transition to your family again too, but you know, it's inspiring to me to just hear stories of women who are like, so I just started. And so we just did our best. Yep. And, you know, and we're out there and we're doing great and we're inspiring people, right? Can you imagine how many people would not have been touched if you had never gotten She Percolates off the ground? I know it's so, that's so crazy to me because I, I, I had no idea the magnitude of people that we would reach and just every week our show grows every week we get more and more and more downloads and, and more and more emails. And it just, it is, it, it keeps Danielle and I going and it just blows our mind. And, and I'm also so grateful that through all of this craziness, that my co-host Danielle is, has this same philosophy of like, we'll just get through it. We'll make it happen. We'll, whatever we can do and, and we'll just keep going. But we both know that we are getting to share these women's stories of what success means to them and how they got there. And so one, I know these women love being able to tell their story. And two, I know that our listeners love getting to hear them and be encouraged and be reminded that there's somebody where they are in their you know, that place of time in life. Mm. And lastly, Jen, what is the best way for those listening to connect with you? Um, okay. So everything on social media for our podcast is she percolates. And then I, you can find me at Jen Hatsung. And so my last name is H A T Z U N G. So that is what the website will be for the new, for my new style files. That's what all of my social media is. Uh, mostly, we are Instagram lovers. So you, at She Percolates on Instagram and at She Percolates uh, are, um, 
and at Jen Hatsung on Instagram. Those are the two best places to find me and, and kind of get a sneak peek into my life. Awesome. And you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com, or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. Jen, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.